Welcome to Current Radio's Science Station. Please enjoy today's selection of science news. Charlotte, you know the card game set, right? The one that's been a source of inspiration for mathematicians for years? Absolutely, Diego. It's quite fascinating how a simple card game can lead to such complex mathematical problems. Well, it seems that artificial intelligence is now joining the game. A new technique based on large language models, or LLMs, is demonstrating how AI can help mathematicians generate new solutions. Really? That's intriguing. Can you tell us more about this technique? Sure. The AI system, called FunSearch, has made progress on set-inspired problems in combinatorics. It's a field of mathematics that looks into the possible arrangements of sets with a finite number of objects. But it doesn't stop there. The method could be applied to a variety of questions in maths and computer science. That's impressive. So how does this AI system differ from previous experiments? I mean, we've seen large language models being used to solve maths problems before, right? Yes, but this time it's different. As Pushmeet Kohli from Google DeepMind puts it, this is the first time an LLM-based system has been able to go beyond what was already known by mathematicians and computer scientists. It's not just novel, it's more effective than anything else that exists today. That's quite a statement. So how does FunSearch work exactly? FunSearch creates requests for a specially trained LLM, asking it to write short computer programs that can generate solutions to a particular mathematical problem. The system then checks if those solutions are better than known ones. If not, it provides feedback to the LLM so that it can improve in the next round. So it's a sort of iterative process then. It generates solutions, checks them, and then learns from the feedback to improve. Yes, exactly. Bernardino Romero Paredes from DeepMind describes the LLM as a creativity engine. Not all programs that the LLM generates are useful, and some are so incorrect that they wouldn't even run. But another program can quickly toss the incorrect ones away and test the output of the correct ones. And this system was tested on the cap set problem which evolved out of the game set, right? I remember that the set deck contains 81 cards, and each card displays one, two, or three symbols that are identical in color, shape, and shading. And for each of these features, there are three possible options, adding up to 3 by 3 by 3 by 3 equals 81. The goal is to find special combinations of three cards called sets. Yes, that's correct. And mathematicians have shown that players are guaranteed to find a set if the number of upturned cards is at least 21. But there are still some mysteries. For example, if there are n properties where n is any whole number, then there are three n possible cards, but the minimum number of cards that must be revealed to guarantee a solution is unknown. That's where FunSearch comes in, right? I believe it was able to improve on the lower bound for n equals 8 by generating sets of cards that satisfy all the requirements. So it's not just about solving known problems, but also about pushing the boundaries of what we know. Exactly, Charlotte. And what's even more interesting is that people can see the successful programs created by the LLM and learn from them. It's not just a black box. It's a new mode of human-machine collaboration. So it's not just about AI solving problems, but also about helping us understand those solutions better. That's truly fascinating. Indeed, it's a game-changer. And as Jordan Ellenberg, a mathematician at the University of Wisconsin-Madison and co-author of the study puts it, it's not about replacing human mathematicians, but rather being a force multiplier. 
From the marvels of AI and mathematics, we now turn our attention to a different kind of problem solving. This time, it's in the realm of environmental conservation. Let's take a leap from the virtual world of card games to the very real, very vital Amazon rainforest. We're heading to Brazil, where significant strides are being made in the battle against deforestation. Charlotte, we're shifting focus to Brazil today, where Marina Silva, the country's environment and climate change minister, has been making waves in the fight against deforestation. Indeed, Diego. Silva announced a stunning 43% drop in deforestation alerts in the Amazon rainforest for the first seven months of 2023, compared to the same period in 2022. This is a stark contrast to the trend of the previous four years. And this isn't her first rodeo, is it? Silva previously headed the ministry between 2003 and 2008 during Luiz Inácio Lula da Silva's presidencies. During that time, she led the development of the Action Plan for the Prevention and Control of Deforestation in the Legal Amazon, or PPCDM, which resulted in an 83% decrease in deforestation between 2004 and 2012. That's correct, Diego. But those efforts were undermined by the government of Jair Bolsonaro, who was president from 2019 to 2022. During his term, the government issued 40% fewer fines for environmental crimes, and logging in the Amazon increased by about 60% compared to the four previous years. Silva and her team had a tough task when they took over this year, didn't they? They had to rebuild what had been dismantled and simultaneously create new results for environmental policy. But it seems like they've been making strides, right? Absolutely, Diego. They launched a revamped version of the PPCDM program to protect the Amazon, which the previous administration had shut down. They also reinstated support for policing the region to enforce environmental regulations. And the results are clear. The Brazilian Institute of Environment and Renewable Natural Resources issued 147% more fines for environmental crimes in the first seven months of 2023 than it had averaged during similar months between 2019 and 2022. And according to data from Brazil's National Institute for Space Research, deforestation in the Amazon from August 2022 to July 2023 is estimated to be 22% below what it was in the previous 12 months. That's the lowest rate since 2018, but it's still about twice that of 2012, when deforestation was the lowest since measurements began in 1988. Silva's approach to environmental policy is interesting. She believes that it should not be restricted to only one sector, but traverse all ministries. It's a holistic approach that seems to be paying off, but she also emphasizes the need for a civilizational change, a change in our ways of life. And she likens herself to a strong fiber from an Amazonian tree used to bind wood to create rafts. She sees her work as bringing together those who are available and whatever is necessary to form a support surface in the challenging journeys of our time. It's a powerful metaphor and one that resonates with the urgency of the situation. From the vast green expanses of the Amazon rainforest and the crucial efforts to protect it, we now turn our gaze towards the scientific front lines of Africa. Here, a different kind of fight is underway, a fight against a disease that has claimed countless lives. Let's delve into this inspiring story of dedication, resilience, and groundbreaking scientific research. Charlotte, 
Let's turn our attention to an inspiring story from the world of science, specifically in the fight against malaria. Halidu Tinto, a director of clinical trials for malaria drugs and vaccines, has been making significant strides. Indeed, Diego, his work became personal when his own daughter contracted malaria. That must have been a harrowing experience, knowing the severity of the disease and... Absolutely, Charlotte. But it's his dedication that's truly remarkable. In the same month, a vaccine he'd been testing, R21, received recommendation from the WHO. It's the second malaria vaccine to be approved and holds great promise for Africa. Right, where the majority of malaria infections occur. With over 200 million cases and 500,000 deaths every year, predominantly in children under five, this could be a game changer. And Tinto's Institute, the clinical research unit of Nanoro, or CRUN, in Burkina Faso, has been instrumental in testing this vaccine, along with its predecessor, RTSS. His commitment to the cause is absolutely commendable. He even turned down a postdoc opportunity in the U.S. to return to Burkina Faso in 2006 and establish the C-RUN. His dedication to advancing science and research in Africa is truly inspiring. Yes, and despite the challenges, like lack of electricity and resources, Tinto and his team managed to contribute to the approval of RTSS in Africa. However, the production limitations of RTSS led to the development of R21, which can be produced in larger quantities and is expected to be more affordable. The Serum Institute of India can currently produce 100 million doses a year. This could be a significant step towards closing the gap and reaching millions of children who are at risk. Tinto's influential early study of the vaccine has been praised by experts in the field. Adrian Hill, a vaccinologist at the University of Oxford, noted that Tinto's trial showed that this vaccine was going to be different. The WHO has said that R21 could be available across Africa as early as mid-2024. That's promising news. Meanwhile, Tinto continues his work, conducting over 30 clinical trials, including further malaria vaccines and more studies on R21. His institute now employs over 400 staff members and associates, including graduate students from all over Africa. Tinto's work is a great example of how research can stimulate development in Africa. But what seems to drive him the most is the opportunity to save lives. As he said, for me, is the most important thing. From the world of medical science and the fight against malaria, we now pivot to another branch of science that's making exciting strides. In the realm of computational science, there's been a fascinating breakthrough that's set to revolutionize the way we identify and understand complex materials. Charlotte, over to you. In the world of computational science, an exciting development has come to light. A new approach has been developed to identify stable surface reconstructions of complex materials. Isn't that right, Diego? Absolutely, Charlotte. The process involves coupling a Monte Carlo sampling strategy with a machine learning interatomic potential. It's a technique that's iteratively improved via active learning during the... So, correct me if I'm wrong, Diego, but it's like the machine is learning and improving as it goes along, right? It's not just following a preset algorithm, but it's adapting and evolving based on the data it's processing. That's a great way to put it, Charlotte. It's a dynamic process where the machine is not just a tool, but an active participant in the research. It's a step forward in the use of AI in scientific research. It's fascinating to see how far we've come in merging technology and scientific research. 
the use of machine learning in such a complex field is a testament to the limitless potential of AI. And it's not just about potential, it's about speed. The use of machine learning is significantly speeding up the search for surface structures of complex materials. It's a game changer in terms of efficiency and accuracy. Indeed. This advancement is not just about identifying stable surface reconstructions faster, but it's also about doing so with a higher degree of accuracy. It's an exciting time for computational science, wouldn't you agree, Diego? Without a doubt, Charlotte. We're witnessing a paradigm shift in the way we approach scientific research. It's a blend of human intellect and machine learning capabilities, and it's reshaping the landscape of scientific discovery. 